0: Well, it's good to see you here today. We're excited that you're here. want to look into the camera and welcome those of you that are watching online, maybe live or at a later time that you are along for the ride. We are grateful. And uh, a lot of stuff going on this holiday season. And so we want you to be a part of uh, whatever you can be a part of and just spreading the love of Jesus in many ways. And we are currently in a series, I'm going to jump right in, that we have called Joyful. And what we're doing is, as we head into the holiday season, come on, can you believe that this week is Thanksgiving? Happy Thanksgiving, by the way, because I probably won't see you between now and Thursday, but Happy Thanksgiving to you. And then just a few short weeks away, we are celebrating Christmas, and uh, man, it's an exciting time. For some of us, it's a stressful time. For some people, it's a sad time. Um, but for some of us, this idea of joy uh, comes around the holiday season, and so uh, we thought, what better time to do a series and really dive into what the Bible has to say in the uh, with this idea of joy and joy in our lives And last week, if you were not here, uh, what we're doing is we're going really through the book of Philippians, which is interesting because most of us would say and most people would say that it is a book about joy. And it was written by a man who was in prison when he wrote about how he rejoices in all of the joy and where you can find joy and all of these different things. And so it's interesting to me that a man that is in a situation that we would not see as joyful is writing a letter that is uh, really a letter about joy. And last week we talked about this idea of finding joy. Finding joy, if we're if we're looking for it, where do we find it? And some places that we talked about last week, uh, three in particular, that we don't normally look to find joy. Uh, we said that joy is found in what God is doing. And it's this idea that when you get saved, it's not the end, it's the beginning. So when you get saved, now God is wanting to take you through this journey, this process called sanctification. Big church word for you there. Sanctification. To where you're working out some things in your life. He's working out some things in your life. He's, he's building godly character as we saw last week in the scripture that we were reading. And all of these things. And we need to learn how to find joy in what it is that God is doing. Because some of us are frustrated with what God is doing. And we're trying to pray ourselves out of what God is doing. Because we don't think it's God. But really God is trying to work some things out in you. And so we need to find joy there. We also said that we can find joy in love. Why? Because God is love. We were created in the image of a God who says, I am love, which means that you are called to love. There, I mean, Jesus even said it, you know, love one another as I have loved you. You know, this new command I give you, and and people will know that you're my disciples. People will know that you're my followers if you love one another. And so we need to find joy in loving other people well, loving ourselves well. And then the third one we talked about was joy is found in the heart, and we don't like this one necessarily, but Uh, Sometimes we're trying to pray ourselves out of a hard or difficult situation and god says no I want to work through that situation in you and I want you to find joy in what i'm doing in your life Through this process and so I would encourage you to go back on the podcast check out that message I think it'll be helpful for you And uh, so last week we talked about places where we can find joy and today uh, As we continue in this series called joyful, we're going to be talking about some ways that we can invite joy into our lives So last week we talked about finding joy, where we can find it. Today, I want to talk to you more along the lines of how you can invite it into your lives. And so I've called this message today, Bring on the Joy. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, bring on the joy. Come on, find somebody around you. Bring on the joy. And hopefully we're going to dive into this and understand how we can do that. And as many of us are aware, this week is Thanksgiving, which also brings about another Day That is actually I found this interesting. It is actually now a holiday on your calendar I have an iPhone and on the calendar if you highlight the holidays on your calendar now black Friday is a Holiday on your calendar. Come on somebody how many of you are excited about black Friday, right? Yeah, okay we do a lot of shopping online, and I know Amazon did this thing, but they're, now Black Friday has turned into like Black Thursday evening and Black Friday morning and Black Friday evening and, and really all weekend long. It just depends on how early you want to go to get what you need. But I, found it, I find it interesting, and maybe you've experienced this before, that uh, you've, you've, you've been out shopping on Black Friday during the most wonderful time of the year. Only to realize that the joy that Christmas is supposed to bring does not seem to be evident in anybody's life while you are out shopping and bumping into each other and jumping and grabbing things out of other people's buggies because it was the last one that you wanted at that price. And dear God, we have to get the TV at $199 because it is Black Friday. And we turn into these – I don't know what we turn into on Black Friday, to be honest with you. I remember – this wasn't on Black Friday, but it was in the Christmas season when it was in December. And I remember going to the store. We were heading to a family gathering for Christmas. And I go in, and I'm just getting two little boxes of something. I can't remember what it was, if it was stuffing, if it was some kind of thing to make gravy. I, I, I can't remember what it was now. But I remember getting up there, and they were really cheap, and they were supposed to be like $1.99 a box. And, and so I put it up there, and they ring up, and they're not a $1.99. And I just make mention. I said, oh, that said it was supposed to be $1.99. And they said, oh, well, let me check on it. And the person behind me in line, I kid you not, told me that they will give me $1.99 if I will get out of their way and pay this person so that they can get to where they are going because they are in a hurry. And this is no lie. This is a true story. During the most wonderful time of the year. And we're all joyful and we see the lights and the Christmas trees and we were just able to see a lot of that stuff this last week as we were celebrating an early Thanksgiving with with my family. But I find it interesting that the joy that we sing about and all the songs are about and all of this, it's like when you get around other people this time of year, the joy seems to not exist in people's actions and in people's words. Um, And I don't know, maybe you have, I, I would be willing to bet that you have been searching at some point in your life, maybe even right now, for something Or anything that would bring joy into your life. Maybe you feel like there used to be joy there and now there doesn't seem to be any joy there. And you're trying to figure out how you can get joy back in your life. We talked about it last week that many of us are actually looking for happiness uh, instead of joy. When we need to be searching out joy and bringing joy back into our lives. But I think that we would probably say at some point and maybe right now. That we're searching for something or anything or anybody that would bring joy into our lives. And here's what I believe that Paul is going to show us today as we continue reading through the book of Philippians and kind of pulling out some truths, is that there are certain things that we are wired to know and wired to do that can ignite the joy that is in us that God has already put there when it seems like it's beginning to burn out. There are some things that we can practice, some things that we can actually know and do, know about who we are, Do with what God has given us to do that will ignite the joy that God has already put in you. You need to first know that you need to look to God for joy because that's where true joy comes from. But this joy that's on the inside of you that you're like, wow, it just seems like somebody stole my joy. I've just been through a lot this year, these last few months or whatever it is. Somebody has taken away my joy. There's some things that Paul says that we're going to read, and I'm going to pull three of them out in just a moment. That I believe can ignite that. And we're going to start in Philippians chapter 1 verse 27 and read through uh, chapter 2 verse 18. And here's what Paul writes starting in verse 27. He says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look, up, don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God has elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you, and now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results ...of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases Him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life, then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life. Pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. There's our word, joy. Uh, Today, as we talk about this passage, for just a few minutes, I want to pull out three truths that I believe can bring true joy into your life. If you can understand what we're about to talk about, if you can understand these three things about your life, it can ignite true joy inside of you. Not, not what you've been looking for when somebody, or what you've been looking for out there, or what you've been looking for over there, or what you've been trying to find. It'll ignite true joy in your life. So here's the first truth, the first point today, if you're taking notes, or if you're on the Bible app, you can get the notes on there as well. It's that you are a citizen of heaven. You are a citizen of heaven. Why is this important to know? Some of you are like, wow, that's, you know, I I don't really know why why I need to know that. Here's why you need to know that. Because there are many of us that are frustrated with life because we don't realize that this is not our home. And because things aren't going our way and things aren't easy, we're frustrated. and, and, And we've got to understand, Paul says, listen, you've got to live as a citizen of heaven. In fact what we just read in verses 23 or 27 through 30. He says above all. You must live as citizens of heaven. Conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you. I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose. Fighting together for the faith which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. That This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed but that you are going to be saved even by God himself. For you have been for you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You may ha- you have seen my struggle in the past and you know that I'm still in the midst of it today. Paul says, "You've seen what I've been going through." And you know that I'm still going through it right now even as I'm writing you this letter. You know that I'm going through it. And I find it interesting some of the things that he says here. First of all, he says you have to live as citizens of heaven. In other words, whenever you give your life to Jesus, you became a son and a daughter of God. That means that this place that we live on is not the end all. That we are now citizens of heaven. We are here for a purpose because I believe that if God did not want you here, whenever you got saved, he would just snap his fingers and take you to heaven because you gave your life to Jesus, you invited Jesus. No, you're here for a reason. You're here for a purpose. But this is not your end destination. This place is not the goal. And then he goes on and he says, uh, in verse 27, he says, whether I come and see you again or I only hear about you, like when you're when you're living this way, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith. Paul says, Listen, you're a citizen of heaven, and here's what citizens of heaven do they stand together with one spirit, one purpose, one goal in mind, fighting together for the faith. And he tells us what which is the good news. Fighting to make sure that the gospel is spread to more people fighting to make sure that more people hear about Jesus Fighting to make sure that we are doing what we are called to do You stand together as one This is why you've got to understand that you're a citizen of heaven And then one other thing that I want to point out on this point that he says He says for you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ but also the privilege of suffering for him. See, if this is me, I'm like, Paul, I think, (laughs) I don't know if you had anybody, you know, spell check or edit what you were writing before they put it in the Bible, but I don't think it would have gone anything like it's a privilege to suffer. What I would have written, Paul, is that it's a privilege to trust in Jesus, and it's difficult when I have to suffer because of what I believe but that's not what he said he said that you have been given the privilege not only of trusting in Jesus but also the privilege to be able to suffer for him to have people not want to listen to you whenever you try to share the gospel with them To have people that turn their back on you whenever you try to do the right thing when you used to be living this way. He says it's a privilege to be able to suffer for Jesus as well as trust in him. And as believers we are called to live as sons and daughters of God. Knowing where our true home is while we're here on this earth. We're called to live in such a way that our lives reflect the values and the truths of the kingdom of God above the kingdom of the world, or we can say it in this way, above the kingdom of the United States of America. You are called while you are on this earth to prioritize the values of heaven above the values of even our country. And see, some of us are frustrated because we don't, we don't get this concept that we are not citizens of here. We are in the natural. But in the spirit realm, you are a citizen. When you give your life to Jesus, you are a citizen of heaven. And so don't be surprised when you face things and things happen and you go through trial and you go through testing and you go through all of these things because this is not where you're meant to live Forever. We have to get this, otherwise we'll consistently be frustrated with the way things are. God is calling us to work side by side to advance the gospel. I believe when we remember that we are citizens of heaven, that we are sons and daughters of God, then we'll begin to see certain situations and certain things and difficult situations as a privilege to trust in Jesus and suffer for him anybody ever been walking through something and you thought this is a privilege (laughs) god called you to do something and it gets difficult this is a privilege i mean this we don't say that a lot of times but i think it's one of the things that's robbing our joy is because we don't understand it we don't understand this principle that we belong to god we belong to god and when we belong to god It's a privilege I get to trust in him I get to go through things for him because I'm this is not my home This is not where I'm going to end up We have to remember that this world is not our forever home But while we're here we have a purpose that God wants us to accomplish and so We've got to understand that we are citizens of heaven. You're a citizen of heaven. Here's number two The second thing I want to pull out of this and share with you today is that unselfishness is the key Some of us are trying to open a door to joy in our lives, and we don't have the right key. And Paul lets us in on a little secret. That unselfishness is the key. And I want to read it again in Philippians chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. He says it this way. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ, any comfort from his love, any fellowship together in the Spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had, and we're gonna read this in just a moment. But here's what Paul is saying. He says, you don't need to be selfish, and you don't need to think about yourself more than you think about other people. You need to take an interest in what other people have going on in their life, and you need to take an interest in serving other people, and you need to humble yourself in this way. And then he says, you need to have, and and what this looks like is this looks like having the attitude of what Jesus had. And then he goes on to explain to us the attitude that Jesus had. Don't be selfish. Humble yourself. Don't try to impress other people. Think of others as better than yourself. You need to do this. Have the same attitude that Jesus had. And here's what he says. Though he was God, talking about Jesus, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the highest to the place of highest honor, and gave him the name above all names. Why was he elevated? Because he was obedient to what God's purpose was for his life. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What is Paul saying? I believe he's showing us that the key to unity is walking in humility. You need to have one purpose, one mind, one spirit, working together, standing together, doing this. How do we do that? By being humble. How do we humble ourselves? Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress other people. Don't think of yourself as as greater. See, Jesus was—it it blows my mind to think about this. Jesus was one hundred percent God and one hundred percent man. So, so we think about Jesus like, well, you know, he was perfect and all this. No, he was 100% human. So when he faced things that we face, he was 100% human. He prayed so that he could hear from the Father to know what to do, what to say, where to go, who are supposed to be the disciples, who are we supposed to take on this journey. All of these different things, 100% man. But he was also 100% God. He left heaven and came to earth to be obedient, to eventually die for you and me and not stay in the grave, but to be raised again three days later so that we could have life. So what does this, we're like, okay, so that's the attitude that Jesus had. What does this look like practically for us? Uh, It might look like whenever you give your life to Jesus and you've been a Christian for a while and then you start to think that you are better than other people. Well, I found some freedom in my life and so I'm better than you. Well, I have Jesus. I, I have Jesus living on the inside of me, and so I am better than you. It, might, it, might, it could look like anything in your life that is rooted in selfishness. He says, "Don't, don't be selfish. Ouch! <laughs> don't try to impress others. Ouch! Like humble yourself and think of others as, as." Better than you. I don't like this. But unselfishness is the key to unlocking joy in your life. As long as you're selfish, you'll probably still be searching. It's unselfishness that is the key. In some translations of verse 3, I love this, say, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit. Can I tell you today that nothing... In the original language means nothing. It means do nothing out of selfish ambition. Nothing. Nothing. It means don't make a statement out of selfish ambition. Don't write an email out of selfish ambition. Don't post on Facebook out of selfish ambition. Don't treat your spouse that way out of selfish ambition. Don't treat the people that work for you that way out of selfish ambition. Don't do anything out of selfish ambition. And since Jesus' attitude was to set an example by putting others above himself, doesn't it make sense that we should do the same? Jesus said, I did this in the ultimate way. I gave my life for you. The Bible says he gave his life for us while we were still sinners. We did not know him. And he still died so that you would have the opportunity to have a relationship with him. That's, I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty unselfish. That sounds pretty humble. That sounds like somebody who is putting others ahead of themselves. And unselfishness is the key. And I, I jotted down some statements here from a few people that were quoted in a secular article. This isn't even a Christian article. These, these aren't even really people that claim to be Christians. And these are some statements that were, that were talked about with, with this idea of unselfishness. It says, one person said, for it is in giving that we receive. Another person said, the sole meaning of life is to serve humanity. Another one, we make a living by what we get, we make a life by what we give. Making money is happiness, making other people happy is super happiness. Giving back is as good for you as it is for those you are helping, because giving gives you purpose. When you have a purpose-driven life, you're a happier person. And I love this one, if you want happiness for an hour, take a nap. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. If you want happiness for a lifetime, help somebody. Isn't it interesting that people who don't even claim to know Jesus are coming to the conclusion that unselfishness is the key to joy in their life? And we have the word of God that we know tells us these things. But even people being cited in these magazines, in these articles, have somehow figured out what the Bible has already told us. What Paul has already written down. So you've got to understand you're a citizen of heaven. That unselfishness is the key. And then point number three, and I want to bring the worship team back, is this. Complaining dims your light. Complaining... Dims your light. I want us to look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 14 through 18 again. Right at the beginning of this, he says, Do everything without complaining and arguing, so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless. But I will rejoice. Even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. Let me ask you a question for those of us that have kids that are running around at home. Have you ever had your child do something that you told them to do and complain about it the whole time? (laughs) Go clean your room. And they're cleaning their room. I don't know why I have to clean my room. They didn't have to clean their room. Why I got to go back there? I got to go clean up the playroom. Now, I didn't even make that mess. Why do I got to clean up the playroom? And they're doing it, but they're complaining the whole time. Have you ever asked somebody to do something for you? And they helped you, but the whole time they were complaining about it. Have you ever been at work? and been doing what you were supposed to do and you may not be saying it out loud but in your mind you're like this is the stupidest job I ever heard of this isn't even in my job description I don't even know why I'm having to do this <laughs> they just hired so and so and that's supposed to be their job because they didn't do it now I'm having to do it and Paul says do everything once again the word everything means everything do everything without complaining Without arguing. You ever been trying to work on a project with somebody? And you're trying to get something done? And remember, he's he's talking he's he's talking to believers. He's talking to Christians, people that are following Jesus. You ever been trying to get something done? And just arguing? Well, that would look better over there. I'd be better over there. Well, we should do this instead. Well, I don't like the color of that. one. And you're just arguing and you're complaining about it the whole time. And Paul says says, listen, in the book that we call the book of joy, do everything without complaining and arguing. Why is it so important that we not grumble, and complain, and argue? I think it, it's because it allows us to shine like bright lights in this world. Paul said that. He said, listen, live this way. So that you'll be this bright light In in, in a crooked and perverse world But, But I also think if we could say it this way That when you complain and argue People can't see past your complaining and arguing To see the light So some of us If I can go here for just a moment Some of us are claiming to be Christian And we argue and complain so much That nobody can see Jesus And Paul says, listen, you are called to live as a bright light in this world. And right before that, he says, and here is the instruction. Do everything without complaining and arguing. So nobody can criticize you. Nobody can look at you and say, I don't know about them. To live pure, to live clean. So that you can be the light that God intended for you to be in this world. Complaining dims your light. And instead of shining bright like God intends for you to shine, your life is a dim light. Because there's some complaining, there's some arguing, there's some things going on. Paul says, do everything without complaining and arguing. Why? So that you can be the light that you were called to be. Don't be selfish. Why? So you can be the light you were called to be. Realize that you're a son and a daughter of the king. Why? So you can be the light you were called to be. We stand to your feet today. So how do we invite joy into our lives, this idea of bringing on the joy? How do we bring joy into our lives? Just to summarize, we've got to realize that we're citizens of heaven as sons and daughters of God. So no matter what we face in life, we can stay on mission because we know whose we are. Then no matter what you face, when you realize that you're a son, you're a daughter of the king, no matter what you face, you can stay on mission because I know who I belong to. who I belong to. We've got to use the key of unselfishness to unlock the joy that comes through putting others first and serving other people. More and more statistics are showing that the, the most joyful people are the people that do things for other people. That serving brings the most fulfillment. That doing something for somebody else, expecting nothing in return, brings joy into our lives unselfishness is the key it's the key and we've got to stop complaining and arguing so we can experience the joy that comes from letting our light shine bright everywhere we go God wants you to have true joy I'm just telling you it comes by doing it By doing it His way, not searching for it in all the wrong places. But whenever we 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 dive in and say, "Okay, God, what do you have to say about this?" Because I want this in my life. And what we're talking about today, He says, "Listen, you got to remember that you're my son, you're my daughter, you're a citizen of heaven." Don't get frustrated. People don't listen. Don't get frustrated when things don't go your way. Keep fulfilling your purpose. Keep doing the right thing. Keep being faithful. Keep stepping forward. Don't be selfish. Try to impress other people. Humble yourself. Serve people. Serve people. It brings joy. Serve people. And do everything without complaining, without arguing. Why? So people can see Jesus through you. True joy. probably when you're living your life in such a way that everybody sees Jesus through you. That you're serving and people see Jesus through you. You're not complaining. People see Jesus through you. Your light is bright because you realize realize who you belong to. and People see Jesus through you. So God, today I thank you for, for speaking to us on this subject of joy. God, we want joy in our lives prayer team down and I, I just want to ask you today if you're here and you say man this is for me I I, I want joy in my life and I I, I needed this message today I just want to pray for you that's all I want to do I just want to pray for you so if that's you and you say man this is for me today will you just lift your hand up where you're at this is for me God you see every hand thank you thank you thank you you see every hand all across this room that went up Lord people that are people that are searching for the joy that only comes from you and Lord I pray that I pray that today they would turn to you in these ways, that they would, that you would remind them that when they gave their life to you, that they became a son, they became a daughter. They're a citizen of heaven. Lord, don't let us be selfish. Don't let us just look out for what we want and what we need and what we desire, but God, let us put other people's needs and desires and, 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 and things above our own. Let us humble ourselves. us to do everything How would you help us to serve you without complaining would you help us to serve people without complaining would you help us to do the job that you have provided for us without complaining would you help us to love one another without complaining would you help us to love our spouse without complaining to raise our kids without complaining to live for you without complaining so that everybody around us can see you through us because that's where true true joy lies Lord as we sing this one final song that we declare in this place that you are greater than whatever we're facing you're greater than that mountain you're greater than that sin you're greater than that wayward child you're greater than that marriage struggle greater than our attitude, that you're greater. Whatever it is we're struggling with, you're bigger and you're greater. Lord, we just declare that in this place. Lord, we lift our hands, we lift our voices to you. We worship you today. In Jesus' name, amen.